Bang! What's up, y'all? I'm Nick, a senior writer over here at Sports Pack 12, and this is going to be our mailbag question segment. So I'll be answering the questions you sent in here in a podcast format, and if you'd like a written response, send them over to fellow senior writer and Dane Miller. And so in all seriousness, I have a lot of fun answering these questions. They take my research and my thinking all over the conference. And one point I want to reiterate is I'm just like you. I'm a Pac-12 fan, so in all seriousness, we're one and the same. We may cheer for different schools, but hey, we're all Pac-12 fans in the end. We're very similar. So from down south to the Arizona schools, to up north to the Washington schools, to east out in Utah and Colorado, we got Oregon and Cali in between. And in our entirety, we make up the Pac-12 conference. And even though we compete against each other during the year, let's come together for this podcast and have a heck of a lot of fun. So without further ado, let's get to today's question. And thanks for tuning in as always. All right, guys, today we got a question regarding arguably the biggest rivalry in the North Division, and it is from Lance in Junction City, Oregon. So he asked and has a little statement beforehand. First, I really enjoy these mailbag podcasts. So what I want to know is why you don't think the Ducks are going to be any good this year with so many returning starters and top recruits, but think the Huskies will win the conference despite not having a proven quarterback and bombing last season. Thanks in advance for your answer. So again, the question from Lance, Junction City, Oregon. And thank you for appreciating the answers. I do always like to hear positive feedback. And a little bit new there. Thanks in advance for your answer. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You don't know if I'm about to bag on the Ducks. So (laughs) you never know, man. Again, the quick reread here from Lance. So what I want to know is why you don't think the Ducks are going to be any good this year with so many returning starters and top recruits, but think that the Huskies will win the conference despite not having a proven quarterback in bombing last season. So first off, I do think that Oregon's going to be great this year, if not outstanding. In my opinion, they're the second best team in conference and are neck and neck for first, only losing out by a hair or a sliver. I want to make that darn, skip skip the freaking darn. I want to make that damn clear. I think Oregon is a very talented, elite team. They are on the top tier. And again, I think them and Washington are neck and neck for the elite teams. Yeah, USC, I think is third. I'm just going to throw that out there, but they're not in the North division. So let's not worry about the Trojans today. I think it just kind of depends on perspective. And you got to understand here, Lance, I hold the Ducks in the top tier of Pac-12 teams. So the way I analyze them is different than, say, the way I'd analyze the Cougars or the Buffs or UA. You know, all your fan bases get mad at me, whatever is facts. You guys aren't on the same level as Oregon. So we did have a Husky-related question last week and yesterday. So let's definitely give the Ducks a little extra shine here. And I'm actually pretty grateful this question came in. I do want to explain this further. It's having this conversation with my dad that other night. So I really think this is kind of a really universal topic and something I'm pretty excited to answer. So first, starting with the Ducks, they lost four out of five starting offensive linemen. They're replacing a new starting quarterback and have a new offensive coordinator from a team that didn't just look dominant to me last year. Were they elite? Yes, obviously. But were they national championship dominant? No, I just don't see that. And you're looking at an offense last year that was very solid, but that had some lapses, most notably in the ASU game. And you're losing four offensive linemen. Don't act like that's a small number. That's essentially your whole offensive line. Yes, Panay Sewell's back and is the best lineman in the country, hands down. So 
All they really need is one or two more pieces to fill in. To be reasonable, two more pieces to really fill out the line. But you're looking at it right now with no spring ball, no repetitions, and these guys have seriously had no time really even to spend together. I don't know that for a fact. I think some athletes have reported to campus, so don't don't quote me on that. But it's different than in-game repetition in just a different scenario all around. So I think breaking in four new starting offensive linemen with whatever happened this spring due to the coronavirus, I just don't see how that's going to really make the Ducks better. Again, this is taking nothing away from their team and their entirety, but just look at it from the outside perspective. They're losing four out of five offensive linemen, dog. That's not They're not Alabama. They're not Georgia. Now, the recruiting classes are starting to get up there, and I'm not going to disrespect that at all. They're starting to recruit the SEC, top class in the nation. But are they there today? No. In a couple years, this could be a different conversation. Heck, next year, this could be a different conversation. So, again, four new offensive linemen, that's really tough. Another thing to analyze here, yes, C.J. Verdell is an amazing college halfback. But is he that... Like once in a decade, once in a decade is a little too much. Is he a kind of like, um, who's a, who's a good running back I'm thinking of here? Who is that guy for Stanford? Oh yeah, Christian McCaffrey. Is he a Christian McCaffrey? In my eyes, no. Is he like a Reggie Bush in his prime? In my eyes, no. And yes, I'm comparing him to some of the greatest Pac-12 running backs of all time and arguably the most historic in Reggie Bush. But when you have a new offensive line like that, I just don't see how... Verdell is going to find very many holes to run through. And Verdell is very talented. Again, don't get it twisted. Verdell is the best halfback in conference. I've already done a mailbag question and chose him as this peer award. Watching him is an extra burst in comparison to any other backs in the conference. But I don't see him as a guy that can just put the team on his back. Not by himself, at least. If he's a couple other very solid pieces around him, like last year in Herbert, well, darn right, he's going to flourish and he's going to put some big stats. Just ask WSU. I think he dropped like, 265 yards against them? That's just a random number I threw out there. He seriously ran for so much. Okay, guys, I'm talking a lot here. Let's move on. Let's move on to the next point. I'm not going for a 30-hour podcast. Only 10, 15 minutes. You know, y'all still got lives. And I probably heard that in my intro. But what the freaking ever. So, looking at Oregon again, and I'm going to keep recapping. Four offensive linemen gone. CJ Verdell, elite, best running back in the Pac-12. But does he have enough to carry the team on his own back? I don't see it that way. I don't think he does. And then you look out at the wide opposition. Johnny Johnson is back. And I do not want to rule out the fact that he can become like a Brandon Ayuk or just a number one receiver, a Michael Pittman Jr. type player. Maybe not Pittman, let's slower horses. But he could become an elite number one option in the Pac-12 for darn sure. But has he done it yet? No. And do I see that extra gear in him? Not really. And this is, again... Not saying that he's not elite. This is what I'm trying to really get across all Ducks fans and all Pac-12 fans. I'm not just talking about Ducks fans here. I said dog Duck fans. But I'm comparing these guys to the highest caliber players in conference, not to the low tiers. I'm comparing Oregon to national championship type teams. And does Johnny Johnson cover the bill in that regard? No. Does CJ Verdell? Maybe. Does the offensive line? Maybe. So you're looking at all that. What's this offense really left with? And we haven't talked about Shuck yet. You really think Shuck's going to come in and be a better quarterback than Herbert? No. F no. Get out of town with that. Herbert is a once in a not generation, but 
Herbert is once in a, I'd say every five years, ten years type player for Darshire. He was an amazing college quarterback and essentially put the program on his back, taking them to a Rose Bowl championship and obviously Pac-12 championship included. So, you're just looking at so much they lost from the offense. Do they still have one of the best offenses top to bottom in the Pac-12? Yes. But for elite national championship and conference championship standards, I just don't think that their offense is proven enough yet. Second off, Mario Cristobal is a losing record as a head coach. So can he get it done without a top flight quarterback? As I just mentioned, Herbert held it down. Herbert is the reason that Oregon is Oregon again. Mario Cristobal has a losing record as a head coach. Do Ducks fans want to hear that? Probably not. Does he have a Rose Bowl? Yes. Does he have a losing record as a head coach? Yes. See what I'm saying? So until I see two, three, four, five years of consistency under him, because it's not like he's been dominant with the exception of last year, I'm not going to put my money on him. He doesn't ring screaming amazing coach to me. Definitely not coach the best coach in the Pac-12 type candidate. So I cannot put my money behind Cristobal just yet. Third, let's not get stupid here. Their defense is absolutely amazing, phenomenal, superlative, whatever other words Stephen A. Smith would throw out there. This is going to be a longer podcast than normal guys. Deal with it. Seriously, their defense is so freaking amazing. And I'm talking nationally. I'm talking top five nationally. Their defense is on par with, seriously, every team in the country. Maybe not in their front seven, but the secondary, I think they have one of the best secondaries in the country, in the country, in the country, and definitely the best secondary in the conference. Just look at some of the names here, man. You got Jordan Scott and Kayvon Thibodeau up front. Thibodeau. You got Thomas Graham, Javon Holland, and Brady Breeze in the back end. Like when Breeze is the sixth or seventh best defender on your team, you know you got something special. I mean... This defense is going to be nasty. No one's going to want to play against them. That is for darn sure. So my three reasons for the Ducks, and again, I want to say, Lance, I think that's still your name, that I think the Ducks are amazing. And looking at their schedule top to bottom now that they've canceled non-conference play, I don't think that the Ducks lose more than one game. That one game being to Washington, of course. And when I was asked earlier mailbag questions about the Ducks, it was regarding the Ohio State game and the Washington game. And no, I think Ohio State's better than every team in the Pac-12 by far, hands down. So, again, we're comparing them to the elite, elite, elite caliber. So to quickly recap my opinion on the Ducks, they're amazing. Do not do not get it twisted, my fans down in Eugene. My brothers, you may not feel me as a brother. We all the same, though. But seriously, they are amazing. But do I think they're a national championship team? No. They're just one little sliver of a hair behind UW in my eyes. And the reasons why, losing four starting offensive linemen, don't have an elite playmaker in... They do have an elite playmaker, but I just don't think C.J. Verdell is enough to carry the team on his back. Two, Mario Cristobal is a losing record as the head coach. And three, well, their defense is amazing, and let's not, let's not get that fact wrong. So, in terms of UW, why do I think they're going to win the conference after a down year? There's another thing I want to explain a little bit deeper. I'm not kidding about Jacob Eason, guys. And I realize he may actually hear these. Eason, you're probably a good guy. Still sure as heck wouldn't prefer to have you as my quarterback. So (laughs) standing by that, not backing down at all. But you guys, this isn't a joke. I'm not just saying this for entertainment value, like some shock value crap. That's not what I'm doing here. I believe in my heart of heart that Eason was not a good quarterback. I feel like a sweat bee dripping down my face as I'm saying this. Getting a little passionate here. And I really do feel... They get infinitely better by losing him. Not just a little bit better, but like a lot freaking better. 
And I'm explaining my actual thinking here instead of ranting. So, UW over the past five years has had a dominant defense, has a consistently good line, and they really just need a game manager type quarterback like a Jake Browning per se. And not someone who's going to cost them the game. And I've said it like 18 times, but they were beating Oregon and Seattle last year. Eason couldn't get it done. I mean, does that not say enough? He literally threw a pick six against Utah. If the Huskies win that game, their season looks entirely different. And that pick six turned the momentum of the game and lost them. Against Oregon State. Oregon State, the Beavers are not known for having a good defense. You can give them Utah. You can give them Oregon. Against Oregon State, he threw another pick six. And seriously, guys, the Huskies were almost lost that game because Eason just tried to freaking blow it. Like, I think the Huskies got some perfect defense. Elijah Mould made an interception. They had a running back take it to the house. The thing is Ahmed last year. Long run, and that's what preserved the game. So you're looking at Eason, and how does UW get better losing him? Because he couldn't read the game. Yes, he put up big stats. Yes, he made big throws down the field. But for the Huskies' offense to flourish, they're not a big strike offense like USC. They need the little consistent throws time and time again. Connect on the slant round for 10 yards. Run the ball for 5 yards. Not incompletion, missed screen pass, 50-yard touchdown. That may work for some teams, and there's nothing wrong with that. That is not UW style, or it wasn't at least under Peterson. That may change under Lake, but Easton was not consistent. He made turnovers. He struggled to make adjustments at the line of scrimmage. And for a team like UW, who really kind of relies on their defense consistently and the run game, well, that's just not going to get it done. And it showed last year. I mean, they had so many tough losses, man. Real tough loss and head scratchers. I mean, again, Cal, Oregon, and Utah, you can understand. But didn't they lose to Colorado last year and Stanford? Like, if that don't scream Eason, and you can talk about head coach, you can talk about the rest of the team. If the quarterback of the Huskies, with the talented Husky roster last year, couldn't beat Colorado and Stanford, come on, guys. Look at the big picture here. Again, this is not some shock value clickbait BS. I do not think Eason was the right fit for UW. I wish him nothing but success at the pro level. Probably still won't be good. <laughs> I had to, guys. I had to. But again, seriously, just not the right fit for the Huskies. Second off, I do not think people realize how good of a coach Jimmy Lake is going to be. Last year, he coached the defense to the fifth best scoring margin in the country with 10 new starters. So, excuse me, the 15th best points per game in terms of defense allowed with 10 new starters. I still said that stat wrong, but you get what I'm saying. Dude, that's an entirely new defense, and you still have a top 15 defense in the country? Do you understand how phenomenal of a coaching job that is? Especially when the offense wasn't consistently on the field last year. That is freaking stupid. That is stupid, man. That's just that good. I mean, really, guys, come on. And this year, looking at their squad, they had three first or second team selections in the front seven. And Jimmy Lake's secondaries are always elite with a long lineage of NFL players. So you're going to have a dominant front seven. You're going to have an amazing secondary. Not quite on par with Oregon in terms of talent-wise. You're looking at that defense top to bottom. Just dang, man. They're going to be good. Probably, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think they may even be better than Oregon. Not a popular position. This is what I was talking about with my dad the other day. And I was like, why can't I say that on my podcast? You know what? I can't say that on my podcast. Probably not a popular pick. I think UW's defense may be better than Oregon. I really do. I, I, I gave them the edge a couple d- days ago in another answer just because I was trying to be politically correct. Nah, forget that. I think UW's, eh, I think they're just going to be good, man. I think they're going to be great. 
I think that people forgot how talented this team really is. One down year, okay, that one. I don't see a second happening. Now I'm like starting to drip sweat, guys. <laughs> a little hot in Seattle. I guess I'm detoxing my pores. Is that what they say on the skin commercials? I guess it's good for you. <laughs> Seriously, I'm sweating, guys. Talking a little bit longer here. I'll wrap it up. So third, in regards to the season opener between the schools and Eugene, the pressure is off UW in that contest. And I should say the season opener for the Huskies. Uh, Oregon plays Colorado beforehand. And you're looking at a UW team that coming off a bad year, no one really expects much of them. So you're throwing shuck in the fire in a seemingly must-win game in a short-win season with maybe no fans there, this really favors UW in essentially every aspect. So, been talking a lot here. I got got sweat on my face. I know I've recapped this like eight times, but I do want to give one final summary. So, thank you, Lance. I really wanted to dive into this question. And again, I want to start by saying, I think Oregon is elite and the second-best team in conference. So, For people who think I may not think they're good, that's just unfactual. I think Oregon's going to be dominant, and I can't wait to watch them this year. That Ohio State would have been a heck of a game to watch, but hey, I'll deal with the UW-Oregon matchup. I'll take that one if it comes. So, three reasons, though. The Ducks lost four of their five-star offensive linemen. Two, Mario Cristobal is a losing record as a head coach. And three, I mean, their defense is amazing, so that's obvious. In terms of UW, you guys, I'm not kidding about Eason. Not a joke. I do think they get better by losing him. No clickbait here. Again, they just need a game manager. Somebody's not going to make the big mistake. And two, I just don't think people realize how good of a coach Jimmy Lake is going to be. I haven't seen it on the field. I'm taking a big assumption here. You know what they say about assuming stuff, but I'm still doing it. I think Lake is going to take the Huskies to the next level. And maybe not this year, but two or three years down the road, return to that college football playoff type talk. Probably next year, honestly. So that's my reasoning. And I guess kind of the bonus point here, in regards to the season opener, just so much pressure on Oregon, essentially nothing on UW, and that only favors the Huskies, especially if there's no fans in attendance. Yeah, it could be considered a little bit unfair for Ducks faithful or Ducks fans, but hey, this is the circumstance that we in. You better go win a game, Shuck. It's on you, boy. I mean, for real. <laughs> Shuck, you gotta win that <laughs> that home opener. That that's That's big money right there, so... Thanks for the question, Lance. I really do appreciate it. I'm glad I got to clarify some details for Ducks Nation out there. But hey, guys, the Huskies are still my pick to win the conference, so deal with it. Seriously, I'm sweating, guys. I'm done with this question. Y'all have a great rest of your Tuesday. And yeah, we don't even got Cheetos or Tuna. I just really enjoyed this question today. Thanks, Lance.